Hey, hi everyone. I tell you what, I am super excited to be here. Um, I have missed most of you. Um, sorry. But um, good to be in the house of the Lord. <laughs> One of the things I, I um, am most excited about is now we don't have to worry about all the mistakes we make in front of the camera. Uh, we have enough probably to send out like a whole entire blooper reel of faces um, that we've made. And I just want to apologize publicly for making a face at you on during service. I don't know if you caught it, but there were a few of them. A couple of my friends, we won't point them out over here, have done the same thing. Um, so it's just good to be here this morning. And I am grateful for the opportunity to gather together and to worship. And I'm grateful this morning to um, bring the word. And so you can open up your Bibles if you would like. Um, know what? I, I'm not exactly sure yet where we're going to open our Bible. So you can open them up and you can pick a scripture and read it until I get there. I'm not sure where to start this morning, actually. Um, I've been, I assume, like most of you kind of had just a struggle of a week. Um, I have been wrestling with the events that have happened um, over the last number of days with the death of George Floyd and, and the reactions to those and and just everything that has gone on in the last three or four days. And my plan originally was to come and to preach about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. Um, but I really felt like the Lord said, you know, you need to um, have the opportunity given to, to speak. And so I, this morning I just want to share um, my heart. And actually really what I want to share is the word of God. Because one of the things when I was watching all of this unfold, and I uh, watched most of it unfold kind of through social media, you know, through Instagram and, and Facebook and, and on YouTube and those kinds of things. One thing I began to realize is there wasn't any shortage of opinions of what was going on. And uh, lots of people posting and lots of people grieving and, and lots of people posting really well. You know, no, no necessary bad posts, lots of people posting really bad as well. But I but I realized in my, in my struggling with this and feeding my mind and my, my eyes with all the information that I was getting, what I was getting was other people's opinions and other people's what they thought was fact and what they um, held on to be true. And as I did that, I, I realized uh, nothing was satisfying. And the wrestling continued in my heart and it continued in my mind. And I began to wonder, what is my role and what is going on in this country? You know, we, we talk often about that we live in a lost and a broken world, but, but sometimes that reality is a little bit lost until things like this happen. And then that reality just hits home. And I assume most of you have been wrestling like this all week. I, I, I assume that I am not the only one that has been wrestling with the fact that this still happens in our world, that this amount of hatred and this amount of racism, this amount of violence and this amount of anger still takes place here today. And as I rolled through and scrolled through all these opinions, I realized none of these opinions help me. And so this morning, I don't want to give you my opinion. What I really want to do is dig into the word and show you and show me what our responsibility is, what our calling. We, we sang about it this morning in the second song. What, what song was called? See a victory. You know, I'm going to see a victory. The battle belongs to the Lord. You know, and, and right now we are in a battle. And the thing we need to remember first and foremost is this thing, the, the, these things in our lives, this, this hatred in our heart, the, you know, in Jeremiah 17 it says that our heart is deceitful above all else. It is troubled. 
Romans 3.23 says, we all fall short of the glory of God. This is a heart issue that can only be fixed by Jesus. It doesn't matter what goes on. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what we believe to be true. It only can be fixed by Jesus because these are heart issues. These are sin issues. These are deep-rooted things in people's lives and maybe in, in our lives that cause this to come out. And the only way it's fixed is through Jesus. And so I have four things written down in no particular order necessarily of, of importance or list in how it should go and, and the order that it should be in. But I really feel like there are four things that we see in Scripture that can help us in this particular situation. The first is this in 2 Chronicles 7.14. says this, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. When I began to, to say, Lord, what is it that we do? What, how do we stand for this? How do we step in as Christians? What are we called to do? I think this is the first step is that we get on our knees and we get on our face and we fast before the Lord and we repent of the things in our life that are not supposed to be there, the evil thoughts, the evil desires, and then we cry out for our city. We cry out for our nation. We cry out for on behalf of our brothers and sisters. And we stand in the gap and we intercede. Pastor Billy did a whole entire series about inter intercession and, and that we're a house of prayer. We are called to be on our knees, to be begging the Lord to heal our land, to cleanse us, and to cleanse our land. One of the things in this verse that, that just keeps grasping my, my heart and my mind, and we're going to read it again a little bit later, is this word that's in there, it's the word humble. You know, in order to do this, to let God cleanse us of, of our thoughts and our sins and, and to heal our land, I, I really do feel like that is a phrase we need to hold tight to, a word that we need to hold tight to, that we're called to walk in humbleness. Because humbleness means that I don't know all the answers. Humbleness means that I don't really know and understand fully what somebody that is black is going through, but I'm willing to ask and I'm willing to talk and I'm willing to realize I might not fully understand. That we're called to walk in humbleness through this. The second is increasingly, um, one of the things in, 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 in these four points, I feel like they increasingly ask, God increasingly asks more for us sometimes. Because we can pray and we can humble ourselves and we can do that at our house. We can do that in our prayer closet. We can do that at the office. We can do that. But I feel like God is also calling us to live above the brokenness that we see in our world. As the people of God, we have a role to play in displaying a life and a lifestyle that transcends the brokenness in the world we live in. It's been something we say and we have on our stage all the time. It's, it's the rules are to live by, love God and love people. And that's really what is desperately missing in, in all of this that's going on. And, and when we see hatred and we see racism, we see anger, you we're really missing this whole idea that we are called to love God and, and to love others. And one of my favorite verses when we talk about this is, well, verses, lots of verses, is, is Luke 6, 27 through 36. It says, but I say to you who fear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer also the other. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. 
As you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. And here's the part I really want us to grasp a hold of. This is talking about living a different lifestyle than the world lives. Treating people in a different way than the world treats people. This is how we begin to set the example in our culture. It says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you choose to do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And here, when it's talking about sinners, it's talking about people that, that don't know Jesus. Because we all, I just read or quoted, that we all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin in our life. This is what we're called to do. We are called to show the world what it means to love somebody, what it means to value life, what it means to honor and to respect those that are near us, that think different than us, that are maybe even mean to us. This is what we're called to do as Christians, to live a life that says, I will love you and I will stand with you. We have to allow Christ to move in our lives. When we begin to show this example of, of what it means to really love and what it really means to treat people well and what it means to value life, their hearts begin to open and Christ can enter in. And Christ can begin to work on their hearts and Christ can begin to work on their anger and their hatred and Christ can begin to work on their emotions. It's not our job to change them. It's not our job to, to try and make them better people and, and to make you know everything fix. It is our job to say, let me show you who Jesus is. Can I tell you who Jesus is? Can I introduce you to the one that can heal you and that can save you? That's what it means to love. Third, which I think we have to remind ourselves, teach those around us, and teach the generations to come, our kids, our grandkids, nieces, nephews, whoever they might be in your life, about the glory of God revealed in his word. You know, it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us we have a purpose, that he was that we were created for a purpose. Jeremiah 5 says, I knew you in your mother's womb before I formed you. You know, and these scriptures aren't talking about to one race. They're not talking about to one type of people. They are talking about the creation itself. And Genesis says we made man in our own God didn't create diversity as some kind of cool, hip thing. Diversity is really a display of God's glory. That when I look at somebody, I can say, that's God's creation. And when I look at another person, I can look and say, that is God's creation. We need to teach each other, remind each other, and teach our children the value of God's creation. The value in differences. We're, we're not meant to teach our kids to be colorblind. We're meant to teach our kids that this is part of God's creation. If you wanted us all look the same, we'd all look the same. But we look different because that's what God wants. And that's how he intended it. And that's how he has created people so that they can serve the purposes of the Lord. This is one of our biggest and deepest callings. If we want to see things change in our world, we begin to train those that are under our responsibility. We begin to call each other out. We begin to talk about this all the time, about the goodness of God and his creation and the glory that is presented and the differences between sheep and the differences between wolves and the differences between coyote. And then it gets a little sticky in this week for me. And this is probably what I've been wrestling with all week. 
because the, the first few things that, that really God showed me in the scriptures that I said, yeah, I, I, I get that, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. But then as I began to read through uh, Paul's letter, and he begins to talk about reconciliation in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty one, is that that's part of our job as Christians, that we're called to be ministers of reconciliation. And you begin to realize that not only do we pray and not only do we live lives that, that love and show by example that you can be in unity and we can live in unity. And if you don't agree, you, you don't look the same, you don't believe the same, you can still live in unity and, and we can teach our kids. But one thing is we can't take back. That we're called to stand. Isaiah 1, 16, 17 says this, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. Micah 6, verse 8 says, he has told you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of us? but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. I have been wrestling all, well, I guess not all week, about half a week since this began. And I don't have all the answers. I, I'm not actually sure um, exactly how to, to walk uh, this out. But what I do know, what I do understand is as Christians, we are called to see injustice and speak. We are called to see injustice and try to bring justice to call into account, to call uh, into accountability. That, that is part of what God has called us to do, to stand up for those things that we know are not right. You know, often I, I wonder, this is a thought that's been running around in my mind, you know, sometimes as I'm speaking personally, as a white guy, I can't fully understand the things that are happening in our country. And, and I can't fully understand um, how some people will leave their house in fear that they're worried. And we can't always identify. We can't always fully understand. And, and one of the thoughts I had that was brought to my mind actually from a friend's post because they were asking this question. And the question was this, um, now that you have a daughter who is black, do you think this means more? Man, I sure hope so. I really hope so. Because we should be able to identify injustice, not just because we can understand it, but because we realize it. Because we realize that God, that's not the way God intends us to live. And so we stand. I wish I had more answers for you on how to stand. It, it might look different for each of us. But I know when we see it, we have to say something. And I'm convinced beyond all belief, after watching all of the aftermath, that there are two parts and two different ways to do this. And, and the verse says that we're called to do justice, to love kindness and to walk humbly. And I've watched a lot of Trump Lieutenant videos on the protests and all those things that have happened in all the different areas in Atlanta and Minneapolis and here in Charlotte. And I've noticed two major differences. I've seen some protests where they come wielding the sword of destruction. And it's been violent and it's been ugly protests that came with a love mercy. Some versions of love mercy. They love kindness and they're walking humbly. And they're seeking justice 
but they're not forgetting that we walk in mercy and we walk humbly with our God. And the things that happen at those that I've watched, I'm just talking about from what I've seen, that is where we see that the change is allowed to happen. When you come wielding the sword and the shield, all you get back is the sword and the shield and anger and hatred begin to rise even more and begin to explode even more. But if we walk and seek justice and we do it with mercy and we do it with kindness and we do it with humbleness and persistence, I think that's where people's hearts open up and Christ can enter in. Because when we bring the sword and the shield, we're trying to take their stuff. When we bring mercy and kindness and love, we're allowing Christ to move in. And to change people's hearts, to change people's minds, to change people's attitudes. In just a minute, we're going to pray. But I have one last request for all of us in the room. As I said earlier, I assume we have all been wrestling and we have all been struggling with all the events that have taken place. And one thing I desperately ask of each of you is to not let that settle in. Let it wrestle. Let it tug on your heart. Let God begin to show you where you're supposed to speak in. Because one of the things that, you know, we've been talking about is just moving forward and God calling us out. And I think what God wants to do, see, what the enemy meant for evil, which is in this purpose, division and hatred and fear. I think God wants to call out unity and love. But if we don't wrestle with what's going on and we just let it fade away and we don't fix it in the gap, we don't intercede, we don't teach the next generations, we don't show the love, and we don't stand up and say this is wrong, we let it fade and we turn away. So I want to ask you, don't let it fade. Wrestle. Let God show you. And until he shows you, I just felt like Jacob, I'm, I'm not going to let go until he touches me. That's how I feel. And maybe I'll walk around with a cloak and cloak. I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like. But don't. Don't. This is the call. This is the time for the church to stand and to rise and say, I know the one who can heal you. I know the one that can take this away. I know the one that can bring victory. We're going to stand. But please, will you please stand? I need you please stand? We're going to pray for our, our nation and for our, our country and, and for all that is going on. But Lord, I come before you, Lord. We, Lord, we come before you and we ask and we pray that you cleanse and clear our hearts. Lord, we come before you and we repent of anything in our life that is not of you, anything in our life that, that uh, is bringing hatred or, or anger or, or whatever it might be, Lord, we come and we repent. Lord, and I pray for our nation. Lord, I pray you heal our land. Lord, I pray that you begin to touch lives and you begin to touch hearts that then will begin to see the glory of God and the creation of man. That we will look at people across this city and across this country and say, that is the creation of God. And we will rejoice and we will celebrate the differences in how we look and how we're made for your purposes. Lord, I pray for those who are involved. I pray that you would touch their hearts, that they would bow their knee and they would give your, their life to you. I pray for protection for those who experience I pray that 
a voice would rise up, Lord, amongst the church of unity and love and kindness and humbleness. Lord, we trust you to teach. Lord, we trust you to help. Lord, I pray for a boldness for each of us that we would stand. Lord, that we would seek justice. Lord, we would seek mercy and we would walk humbly with you. Lord, I thank you for a group of body believers that wants the kingdom to come here on this earth. Lord, and I pray that we would see clearly what our role is. 